So Father, I just give you praise and thanks this morning. Lord, I thank you for this ministry that you have purpose in your heart. And you, in the fullness of time, like Paul said, you revealed it to us. But it was purposed in your heart. It's your intention, oh Lord, that you would bring a blessing huh, in the city of London and beyond. And I thank you that you are empowering us accordingly. Thank you, Jesus. Here we are in your presence, oh God. There's no agenda this morning. No personal agenda. But we just submit ourselves to you and to your leading Holy Spirit. For the word is very clear when it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So we want to be led by you this morning. I want to be empowered by you, Holy Spirit. And I want to speak the words that you are giving me. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray, yes, that you would transform us this morning. That you would change us this morning. That you would make us into your likeness and into your image. I pray, O oh Lord, as a result of being in your presence this morning, that we, the mind of Christ would be given to us. Huh! We surrender our wills that we might receive not this mind of ourselves, but your mind. And I thank you, Lord, for what you will do in us this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated, folks. I don't know if these guys can keep up with me because I move faster than the average guy. So they might have to just pick me up at the back and they can catch me on both ends. Amen? Because we have a different way of doing things. And I have a different way of doing things that I've, um, that I've noticed in um, a lot of churches. Because we're all about productivity. Huh! We're all about productivity. And I, have se I had several encounters with the Lord and he called me into the ministry. Several personal encounters and I like what what Paul says after he encountered Jesus Christ he said he did not go to Jerusalem to hang out with Peter and Paul huh! and those that hang out with Jesus but he said he went to Arabia God secluded him and though he was not one of the early apostles the, the Spirit of God taught him and look at it ministry a beautiful thing and he said I labored more than you all Yet not I, but by, but by the grace of God. And I tell you, yes, the Lord sometimes uses individuals to speak to us. And it does have an impact on us if it's a word from the Lord. It's impactful. But I tell you something. Hey! The most impactful thing is when you meet Jesus Christ all by yourself. Huh! And then your walk changes. When you have an encounter or encounters with the Lord. Hey! It's different from when you, you know, individuals talk to you. Begin to walk. Huh? Ha! You have another confidence about you. Hey! It's not even confidence. It's called identity. That's what happened. So I always encourage people to go on the street of encounters. Because the Bible says that you will seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. You will seek me and find me. And on, in this, if you have a ministry inside of you, and all of us has a ministry inside of us to be expressed, you need to have an encounter with the Lord, and you need to be having encounters with the Lord. And from those encounters, the Lord, in an experiential way, in a real, tangible way, okay, the Lord is constantly speaking to you, constantly empowering you, constantly showing you the areas 
where you need to be changed and transformed. And that's what Jesus promised us. He promised us that when he go, it was more beneficial if I go to the Father. And when I go to the Father, he will send the Holy Ghost. And the scripture said that you need not that any man shall teach you anything because the anointing inside of you will teach you all things. And that's not to say that God don't use people to speak, but I'm telling you, when you're, when you're walking with God and you know that you're walking with God, you have a different thing about you. Amen? But why is it that some people, it seems, would get encounters from God and then others don't get encounters from God? Or others don't have this level of... I mean, think about what, what happened here this morning. You know what we did here this morning? Someone uh, came here this morning and we did a deliverance. The Lord set that person free. Forget about Sunday morning church in, ni in nice clothes. And let me tell you something, guys. If it was 10 of them right now, we would have canceled this preaching and we'd be casting spirits out right now. We're not doing like they do in North American pathetic churches, mainly, you know, 80% of them. They would, I would tell them to sit in the pews and preach and the devil in, listen to them while the preacher preach. And, then they, and these people want to preach Christ to you. They don't want it. How is it that it... How does that work out now? Tell me. When individuals are in the pews, sick, being afflicted by spirits, huh, and they have faith in God. And the man of God that is preaching here can only give you words every day. Words tickling your ear. How do you like that? Nobody's answering me. Huh? I'm telling you. So, when I, when I, in my travelings experientially with God, in a real way, I heard from God this morning. I heard from God last night. Hey! And the day before. Because, you know, the way that I walk with God is like in a very simple way. Lord, here I am. And you place me in this pastoral role. And I do not know what to do. Teach me what to do. Show me what to do. And the areas that I need correction, instruct me that I might shift and adjust and be more competent in what I do. That you can trust me with more of your power. So as we hear the word of God this morning, it's very important that we take out the take off the religious lens. Take off the the overthinking that happens in the mind and understand that the natural man cannot comprehend the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. If you want to be anointed with the power of God, the Pharisees were well were well read, but not anointed. They were well studied, but they were not anointed. Amen. This morning we want to talk about approaching God as your father. The Pharisees did not know God. He was a stranger to them. They just understood him as God up here, but they had no relationship. The revelation of God being a father. If you understand God being your father, how likely would it be that you would pray always? If you understand that God is a loving father, wouldn't you want to run into his closet, into your closet, and have communion with him? I think so. Let's go to the scriptures for this. Let's go to Luke 18. 
verses 1. And it says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. If you're going to have a lifestyle of prayer, you, have, you, you literally have to have the revelation that God is loving, that he's a father, and that he wants to commune with you. Many individuals outside, when I go to evangelize, I meet people all the time. And they have a, an incorrect image of God. They see him as judge. They don't have the revelation that he's loving, that he wants to have a relationship. And therefore, it's difficult because of the programming that is in the mind for them to go in his presence and reason with him. And that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to have conversations with us. And out of those conversations, you know, he will teach us. He will empower us. He will make us into his likeness and into his image. So we want to explore that this morning. The revelation of God as our loving father. And then, why is it that the Pharisees never had this revelation? Why is it that people who are religious don't have this revelation? People that are outside of Christ don't have this revelation. Because it's a revelation that comes by the Holy Ghost. And if you, have, if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're going to be dormant. And uh, verses 2, it says, there, uh, Men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But after he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because of this widow, because this widow troubles me, I will adventure, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, who cry out day and night to him, though he bears, bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith on the earth? Is there, will the Son of Man, in the person of the Holy Ghost, is here this morning? He's here. Is there faith? The Bible said that God has given to every man a measure of faith. And faith come, and then you can speak faith into a person through the word of God. So wherever you are this morning, the reason why God did not just bring you here and just throw the miracle at you is because it's very important that we hear the word. And as you hear the word, understanding is coming, faith is coming, and you can receive from a loving father. Anyone, I, you know, I know for sure that there are individuals here this morning that has a warped version of God. Meaning, it's the version of God that we have, we have now. Either we were educated that way, or sometimes even our experiences have shaped a depiction of God that really does not depict Him as Scripture depicts Him. Depicts Him as the Holy Spirit would reveal Him. And therefore, when we come in an in environment and in a space like this, we want to 
correct by the grace of God, those things, those experiences, those words, those presentations that have given us a version of God that is not biblical, that we might receive. Amen? So that's why we speak the word of God. So God is here this morning and he is in a loving mood like he always is. Yes, we will go into the fact that God also instructs and God corrects. And it's a loving correction also. And it's there for our benefit. Amen? So, drop your shoulders a little bit. And just let the Father love on you today through the Son. But don't try and receive the love of the Father like some people do. And ignore the Son. And don't try and get to the Son and ignore the Holy Spirit. Which is what we have. The Pharisees, they call on um, the Father. Then you have others calling on Jesus and negating the uh, role that the Holy Ghost pray, plays and all of these type of things. But God is one God. Amen? Now let's go to Luke 11 and verses 1. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we honor you this morning. We praise you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I don't know what else to do. I love Jesus, man. Hey! That's all I know how to do. Luke 11, verses 1. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So they heard him praying. Jesus was praying to the Father. And it made his disciples jealous. They were like, I mean, they could have been looking at everything, anything around. But the prayer... They heard him communing with the Father, and they go, Huh? How come he's is, is that how they, they're loving up together? Something is missing in my, in my um, walk with God. They were jealous, guys. It impacted them. The way that he had the revelation of the love of his Father made his disciples long for God, the Father. In that same respect and they they were like we're gonna question him as soon as he's finished praying and he the teacher that the Lord Jesus Christ is look what verses 2 so he said to them when you pray say and immediately he began to teach them this revelation this understanding that he had when you pray say our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is, as it is in heaven. The idea this morning huh, is that after today, it's going to be easy to run in that place that you have reserved in your home and commune with the Lord because you know that he can't wait for you to come. Hello? This whole idea that God has a whip. And listen, even when it's a situation where you have made an, a mistake, God is going to correct you lovingly. Hello? So, if something you did and you're not feeling deserving, hey, because he's loving, and you have the revelation that he's loving, that he's tender, you're going to go anywhere, anyway. You're going to get in his presence. And you're going to reason with him about that thing. Reasoning repentance. Huh. If needs be. But because he's loving and you can't do it out. 
his presence. You are going to go in, the, in his presence. Amen? Now let's move to, um, this is very important that we do it the proper way because we have a lot of people fasting, we have a lot of people praying and, you know, not going anywhere, no progress, dormancy, no voice from God. Many times we're praying and we have a wrong image of God that is communicating, Lord, we're communicating with God from our mouth, but he doesn't like the posture of the heart. This morning is to deal with the posture of the heart that he might hear the words that you speak and regard them. I'm telling you, because, you know, we were praying. I was pressing the Lord last night, like pressing God for, the, for an answer on something. And that, you'd be amazed how I pressure heaven for a word. And sometimes the Lord knows it's like a game in my house when we pray. Because some, and even my wife knows this really well. Because I'll, I'll use the prophetic grace that is on her life. Hey, I know some people don't believe that God is like this. You know? Like you can, you know, yet still the Bible talks about Abba Father, right? And they have God as being very stern. You know, it's God. You know? And yet still, is he will play with a, a kid. Don't worry, he's not a soldier. He's just a soldier for the, for the Lord. Karam, I think you're, um, they're, they're going, wow. Right? Yeah, I have these moments with the Lord. They're, I mean, is it always like this? No. But God, oh my God. I hope I'm, I hope I'm not losing some folks here that really just like, they have been rigged about God. They can't relax in his presence. They can't laugh. God doesn't laugh. Oh, my father. Where did we? Oh, did, he made us into his likeness and image. And we laugh. Where did it come from? Huh? Why are we so staunch? There's a time to be strong. But my God, when you go before the father, that's not the time to be strong. That's the time to be weak. Huh? So we have a lot of, um, of fun. At home, when I'm praying and, and asking God, especially if I'm, God has spoken to me about something and I'm waiting for the manifestation of that thing and I've not seen it over a period of time and I begin to knock on the door of heaven. If I ever come to your house and you're inside of your house and you hide from me, I hope you know that I'm, I'm not leaving. If I know that you're in there, I'm the type of guy that will, I will knock on the back door, knock on the front door. I will walk and peep through the window. Yeah, you're coming out. So, that's until, until the Lord says, stop, I keep pushing. But if he says, stop, guess what? I'm gone. Because I, you don't want to push him in that realm. You know when, you, when, he, when he's like, that there is something and stop it, right? So we were pushing on last night for something that the Lord had spoken to us about. And I think I sent, maybe I was laying hands on her leg, laying hands on her head blowing the anointing and God is not speaking I'm like well you know let me rest it he's not talking to us but you know what guess what first thing she woke up this morning she had a dream hey and we got the answer hello I'm going to show you guys that answer when it manifests hey I'm going to show you the reality of what I'm saying now when it manifests that's how God is he's a loving father and he knows his children are desirous to hear his voice and I tell God all the time, I say, Lord, I have to hear from you now. Oh, I have to hear your voice. 
It's not about money or anything material. There is a void that is on the inside of us. Huh! Unless the Father actually speaks to you, oh my God. It's like a depression you can go into. So he knows that. So that's what he does. He ministers to us constantly. Matthew 3 and verses um, 16. When he had been baptized, Jesus came, came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we see the connection here. Like Jesus, the Father could have said this about Jesus at any other point throughout his life. But the Bible said that Jesus learned obedience through sufferings. So there was a spirit component to those words being released. Meaning, you and I can't have this relationship of a father and son with God void of the Holy Spirit. It has to be by the Spirit. And as soon as the Holy Spirit came and landed on Jesus, the Father's voice announced, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Meaning, we cannot conjure up from ourselves. Oh, you know, I know God is my loving Father. It has been revealed to me in the mind. No. This is deeper than that. For you to walk in this revelation, it has to be mean that you have to be walking in the Spirit. Bible says walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. So this thing means we have to be empowered by the Holy Ghost. And we are seeing it the very same way in the Lord's life. Go to Romans um, 8. And let's read 14. 14 to 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And look what it says in verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Bible is saying that. Now we see why the, the religious people are void. They will argue, argue you to death because they don't have the revelation of the Father. They can't say love. They can't say Abba because they are void of the Spirit of God. It is the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So it's all spiritual. Look what it says. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then hears, hears of God and joint hears with Christ. Even when it comes on to your or ministries, for example, you know, sometimes especially if you're the type of person that prays a lot and fast. I, I was um, talking to someone this week. It's okay, I'm repeating this again, but I'm not calling the name. And I was saying, you know, it's good to live in the Word. The Bible said we should meditate on the Word of God day and night. And the scripture like we just read said, men ought always to pray, right? And live a life of worship and thankfulness, right? 
but do all of that but it's not that that gives you strength and power it's still the mercy and the grace of god so i pray i fast i do all of those things and then i lay before jesus and i said lord i'm still broke unless you do something i know the prayer don't do it the fasting don't do it but you still require those things of me but when i come here to speak when i come to pray and lay hands and ask god for a miracle for someone i don't even see the power of god so he must show mercy that there is your spirit connected to the holy spirit is feeding you with the faith and the unction to do this many times i'm as surprised about the miracles like people that are here hello i hope you know that i'm not pretending like i know it all i'm you know see earlier today we came here this morning and god did a miracle right here this morning and, and i'm telling you i didn't figure this thing out the spirit of god arranged the whole thing hey and the person came here and I was about to lay hands. I'm about to lay hands. And I see the individual going like this already. I'm like, oh, God is already doing something. They don't need my hand. Amen? I love um, Catherine Coleman's ministry. And that's how she operated. She functioned in um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you something. I bet you know, I hope you know that a lot of prominent Christians globally they have if you go do your work online and read about Catherine Kuman and Smith Wigglesworth and all those people that God used mightily the religious people rejected what the Holy Spirit did through them they, 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 they are cool when they see bombs drop on people and hear that tens of thousands die, die and get maimed and they see they watch it on, on news media but let God anoint someone and that person dare go out and heal 10,000 people of cancer. Religious people, all of a sudden, they have a problem with that. They basically say, God, of all that is power, and he never heals. He never does anything loving. And these are the individuals that you read who write those type of things about people like Benny Him and Catherine Coleman. Not to say that they are perfect. Not to say that they are perfect. But the anointing of God is on their life. Oh, are you, are you mute? I mean, you have to be blind. And is God not doing the same things through men like he did? Through his son? This is what happens when you don't have the spirit component. Having the Holy Spirit and moving by the Holy Spirit is not because you intellectually understand that Jesus Christ said he's going to send the Holy Spirit. You know? No. You have to open up yourself to his ministration. Some people don't want to see the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in the church. So when we cast spirits out of people, they get, they get upset. Why are they in church? And how come they're not accusing Jesus Christ in their prayer closet? They should be accusing the Lord. Because these people, are, we are doing the very same works that Jesus did. And we are answerable to so-called believers. They should go in their closet and tell Jesus Christ that they have a problem with the miracles that he did. Stop calling him Lord. And then when you see him do miracles, you have a problem. When people are um, being set free, being healed. 
Romans 8 um, verses 15 for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry Abba Father it is the Holy Spirit that does this he's the one don't try work it out in your mind move over to verses 20 26 look what it says here now this is how pathetic we are that's what the Bible is actually saying you know the Bible said that the flesh profit but nothing. I hope you know when the Bible says the flesh, it's talking about the mind of the flesh also. This is how we pathetic we human beings are without the Holy Ghost. Pathetic. Verses 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray, pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, himself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is what the Holy Ghost does. When we don't know what to pray about, how to pray, when there is no energy, when there is no zeal. That's why the scripture said that the, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When you begin to find these truths, you begin to just do by discipline and obedience. And the Spirit will help you. You don't feel like going in the prayer closet, but you go anyway. You just present yourself there and you begin to speak to God. And what happens? The Holy Spirit just comes and begins to function through you in prayer. And you feel yourself begin to get strengthened and freedom comes. And you come out of that place with a different perspective but if you listen to this body or the mind or maybe if something had happened that you were angry about then you're not gonna go into prayer the spirit the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers the Christian to pray let's look at an example in scripture and let's go to the book of Luke Luke 15 and verses 11. Then he said, the parable of the lost son. And had take this approach when it comes on to God. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, ungodly living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe fam famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the, wine ate, the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I will perish with hunger? And he spoke in his mind, and he said, I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
make me like one of your hired, hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put on, and put on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry and that's what the lord is actually saying this morning in different contexts wherever you are whatever happened yesterday the day before what has been happening in your life for years and god is saying even though you have not been listening to my voice. Even though you have not been communing with me. Even though you have been living a life separate and apart from me. Maybe in some regard. Maybe not totally. But God is saying this morning I am ready to receive you back. And I'm ready. Are you ready to restore that relationship with God this morning? Totally. How many messages? I mean, you know, God... The patience of God. The number of churches that are available globally now. That the word of God might be preached. That the world might be saved. How many messages? How many prayer meetings throughout the week? Do you see oh, oh God? This, no wonder the scripture says that it's not his will that any should perish. You know like how you open up, let's say you're a businessman and you're investing in uh, franchises and you're opening up as many franchises as possible. You expand countrywide and then globally. That's what God has been doing with the church forever. Expanding the church and having um, calling ministers, calling apostles, calling pastors, calling teachers, prophets. That this message might be released constantly. That the whole world might be saved. And God has ma is making this presentation over and over and over and over and over. He has not failed to anoint someone to preach. Whether they preach in a church, whether they preach on the street constantly. Even the young ones, the Lord is rising up and telling them, go into the highways preach my word let let my gospel enter the ear of people that they might find hope there that's what this thing is about what do you think will happen now if you have a proper perspective of God as a loving father when you go and preach this message what are you gonna tell people see we need to kick um, deal with the erroneous perspective that we have about God that when we make a presentation to someone about God they will go wow I didn't know because many people have been taught the exact opposite and they feel they cannot approach God they cannot reason with God so we're looking at it this morning from scripture in that relationship that we have with God we understand that even as a, a loving father, when he corrects us and instructs us, when he chastens us, like scripture says, it is for our good. 
So when we see people sometimes will ask, why will God allow this? Why will God allow that? Everything that God allows to happen, his wisdom far surpasses our wisdom. He has to give us the understanding as to why he allowed this to happen, why he allows that to happen. Hebrews 12 and verses 5. And you, have and you have forgotten the exhortation which speak to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. You know, that in my walk with the Lord, may, what I do, I, I'm actually inquiring of the Lord. Before the Lord put it on me like that, I'm inquiring of the Lord. Lord, you know, I know I've made some errors. I know I've made some mistakes. The last few corrections that I got from the Lord, I tell you this, the last three corrections that I got from the Lord, I did not get it from anyone. Not a minister spoke to me. God showed them to me directly in vision because I asked. I don't allow it to build up and build up and build up. And then now, Obviously, yes, if the Lord chooses to um, speak to me through someone, I'm fine with that also. But when you're open to a, a level of maturity with God, where you're just honestly knowing that if you're in this flesh, there's a possibility that you're going to do something that is not too pleasing to the Lord. Then you, are, you always go, you should go back to him occasionally, pretty often, and say, Lord, search my heart and see if there is any iniquity. And then show me the right path. When you have um, a relationship with God as a father, that's kind of how it will be. You're going to be in his presence all the time and you're going to be dealing with these issues. So that's the correction aspect of it. And the scripture says in, um, let's go to 2 Corinthians. We're preparing for revival, guys. We're preparing for revival. Hey! Some folks don't know what, 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 you know, the Bible said the sons of Issachar, they had the discernment to know what Israel ought to do. Jesus said, you know, you can look up in the sky and see that it's midday. Huh! Because the sun is centered. But you know what? Spiritually, sometimes we don't even know what time of day it is. Hey! We don't know what time of day huh, it is spiritually. Some folks don't know what God is actually doing here right now. You're in a church. You're in this ministry. You're sitting in the pews. You're here. And you don't even have enough. You don't even have enough relationship with God. That you know what this ministry is. That, that we're going to explode down here. And massive souls are going to be saved. And it's going to be a shock to some people that are here. Why should it be? Why is it that God can't reveal that, that, that means with that mindset that we have, sometimes we come here, hello, questioning what is actually happening, what is being preached. Meanwhile, God is going to break loose in here to your shock. Huh! Like the Pharisees, to your shock. Huh! Besides what you're thinking in your mind, huh! revival is going to burst in this church. Irregardless of madness that is actually happening, even some folks here right now. God is going to sign off. The one that you're going to go home to pray to. Huh! 
on this revival with signs, wonders, and miracles. Period. What are you going to say then? Hey! I'm saying this to say, get with the Holy Ghost. Get with the Holy Spirit. That's where it is. It's not a thinking thing. It's not an intellectual thing. It's the Spirit. And if you're connected with the Spirit, the revelation would be inside of you. But if you're not connected with the Spirit, the whole thing is up here. And we can't accomplish anything. The natural man doesn't understand the things of God. 2 Corinthians 3 and verses 18. It says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just by the Spirit of the Lord. We are being transformed right now. We are, God is doing for every individual that is actually here. No, under some of my voice that is open huh, to what God is actually doing. You are being transformed. Every time you come into his presence, you're being made into the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ himself. And I, that was my prayer. When I realized that God can literally make a man brand new. Not only your physical body, but your mind. You're thinking everything. Is that in God? I found that it to be so in scripture. And I'm like, well, forgot about, forget about Pastor Nimrod that has been um, preaching to me for five years. And I'm at the same level spiritually. God gave me a mind and I can read. And this is in scripture. So guess what? Pastor Nimrod, hold off down there. There's a few revelations that I'm finding out by myself that you don't know. Hey! And I begin to run after God for this transformation, for this, for this change. I begin to chase it down. Huh! You have to be hungry for this. Hey! You have to be, you have to know how to, by the grace of God, you have to know how to motivate yourself. Huh! When you're home on Wednesday and the devil is attacking your mind and nothing is going well. Huh, and you're feeling sick in your body. Hey! You have to know how to... I'm not taking it like that, devil. Huh, you have to know to get up and understand that there's a spirit that is on the inside. Huh, and let the spirit of God pull and punch you. Hey! I was going to be trying to memorize scriptures and, and, and impress people like the Pharisees did. They memorized the Torah, the fivefold book of Moses. They said this, that if, if you get a nail huh, and take a book, the, the Torah and send that nail right through huh, and destroy all of the words, the Pharisees, by memory, they would be able to um, connect all of the missing words. That's how good they were. Huh. Intellectually, memory-wise, but no spirit component. No Holy Ghost. Let's look at another scripture here. I, um, someone in the industry really loved this scripture. And as soon as I um, start reading it, they're going to know who it is. Uh, it's Isaiah 6 and verses 1. Hey! Isaiah 6 and verses 1. I see some smiley faces. I know who like it, hey? But the Lord led me to this one yesterday. I'm just borrowing your scripture. And it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, 
Have you guys ever studied the life of uh, King Uzziah? Go to the book of Chronicles. I was reading a book a little bit about um, King Uzziah who became king over um, Jerusalem, I believe, at the age of 16. And the Bible talks about how God mightily helped him and how he was making like, you know, we talk about engines now, but he was making engines as weaponry to um, propel rocks and so forth like that. It was very... It was empowered by the Lord, but he got to a, cer a certain point and he was trying to um, be the priest for a moment. And leprosy came on him because he got stepped in the role of the priest without the calling. And he died in a leprous state. So verses 6 of Isaiah 1, um, uh, Isaiah 6 and verses 1, it says, In the year, so in the year that, that, that King Uzziah died, a leprous man, Isaiah speaking here and said, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. And beholding this, this is Isaiah. So I said, woe is me for I am undone. Hey! That is the reaction that happens when we come in the presence of God. Woe is me, what am I doing here? Hey! Isaiah is seeing his hopeless state. Hey! And that's kind of how we have to see ourselves. When we're looking for God, when we're looking for God to turn up in an area, the minute that we go in his presence, in a spiritual sense, he was seeing this. We can see the very same thing. We know God is holy. So as we approach him as a father, we're saying like Isaiah, woe is me for I am undone. Meaning I'm a sinner. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lip. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Hey! And that's what the Holy Spirit will do for us. He's the one that helps us as we go in that place. He's the one that even leads us into repentance and brokenness. It doesn't happen at the academic level or else Judas would have been forgiven of his sins. But Judas did it up here. It's the spirit that empowers us to have a position on the earth. Oh! That releases the flow of the grace of God in our lives. It's the Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost. And the mind can be renewed to come into agreement with that. Last scripture, and then we wrap it up. I hope you're committing this morning to a life of prayer. I hope you're committing this morning to a life of fellowship hope you're committing yourself to your loving father in a personal way it's not like you know 
I know if you have 10 children, that's probably about all you can manage. But when it comes on to God, even if he has a hundred billion or twice that amount, he still knows each and every one individual. Isn't that amazing? So don't, don't find yourself lost in a crowd this morning. God knows you individually. Huh! When he's talking to you and I, or you, it's kind of like you're the only person on the planet in that moment. He makes you feel so special. He speaks to us collectively. And you're, if you have your children, you speak to them collectively. But there are times when you're having particular conversations with different ones. Different moments according to how you know them. And that's how God wants to, you know, really speak to us this morning. Hey, this here really, when it comes on to the enemy attacking you now, when it comes on to all of that darkness and the fear, see that? If you know that God is loving, and then we know that he's mighty and powerful. Huh? He's mighty, he's powerful, he's strong. Huh? And on top of that, he's your father. And you have that revelation. Now, tell me, how, tell me now, guys. How would you feel about the devil when he's knocking at your door? Wouldn't you feel a level of confidence? That's what this, this revelation is really supposed to empower us. But we have to believe it by faith and stand on it. Don't wait on God to send 10 angels to come in your house. And then you can see the beaming light from the angels. And they go, yeah! Come now, devil! Believe it now! Because he has spoken it. And he has given you faith to believe it. Huh! And then believe it also when the storms of life come. Know that he's a loving father. When the storms of life come. So I don't care if, you know, all the hell rose up and came to your house. Huh! And you have demon at the back, demon at the front, kicking down the, um, the door, knocking down the window. You're supposed to be at ease in your house. You're supposed to be at ease. That's kind of how I feel with God, you know. I'm like, you know, there's a certain level. I'm not being careless. I'm not living a life displeasing to God. Okay? I'm, I'm by the grace of God, we're all trying to live pleasing to the Lord, right? So when you're doing that, know it's incumbent on God to do his thing. I'm doing the praying. Okay? I'm doing the fasting. I'm doing the warfaring. Huh! But demons, when I go like that, they don't regard that. That punch, but they, they hit the power. It must come from my father. I have to trust him at that moment. And that's what this revelation, this is the positioning of that revelation. Romans 12 and verses 10. Listen, this is not to say that the Christian walk is easy and you don't do anything now. Hello? This is not to say you don't walk out the gospel huh, and take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ. Because sometimes this is our revelation that set us at ease in Zion. Why do I need now to do all of these things when God has already conquered all and did it in Christ? So no, we're not warfaring. No, we're not praying. No, we're not contending. Huh, no, this here is to empower you to do those things. Amen. Hebrews 12 and verses um, 10. And it's talking about the corrections that God gives us now. And sometimes the Lord really have to correct us. 
about serious things and dangerous things and decisions that we're actually making, putting ourselves in danger, opening up doors for the enemy to come into our lives. It says, For they indeed for a few days chasing us as seemed best to them. Talking about, let's talk, start from verses 9. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and life? For they indeed for a few days chasten us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. So the beautiful thing that comes out of the chastenings of the Lord, the corrections of the Lord, we might be partakers of his holiness. And it goes on, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, after it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And that's lead, those corrections lead us to right standing with God, which is what we get in Christ. Amen? When you, when you now have this proper revelation of God, you want to have a functioning, flowing, intimate relationship consistent relationship with him not a relationship where you pray once per week no as a matter of fact you know what happens now the spirit because it's your spirit the love for god is inside of you and i so the holy spirit is constantly bringing us into prayer constantly bringing us into worship we can't wait to get in his presence and no the scripture that jesus christ says men are always to pray we have the ability to always be in prayer it's not a physical discipline. It's an empowerment from the Holy Ghost. Amen? And if you're walking like that with God, you will shut the door on the devil. If your walk with God is very consistent, the, the enemy, it's the gaps, the spaces, or inconsistency with walking with, in the Spirit that he takes advantage of. Amen? So, Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word. Oh! Your words that, that encourages us, O oh Lord. Strengthens us, O oh Lord. Reveals who you are. I thank you this morning, O oh Lord. And I thank you for your people that are receiving your word now. Hoy! And Holy Spirit, let it bring comfort and empowerment, O oh Lord. That we might indeed come to you, O oh Lord, and be open to communion, kainona, to relationship at a deeper level. A deeper level, O oh Lord. And the level of the spirit that transforms the mind. Hey, let this bring freedom to your people this morning, O oh Lord. Let it bring comfort, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hey, let the revelation, O oh God, that you can't wait for your children to come in your presence. Hey, it is not the works that we do, O oh Lord. It is your grace and your mercy. And it is your love. And I pray, O oh Lord, huh, that that revelation would touch every individual here, O oh Lord. Huh, and that we would have knees bow down to you this morning, this week. Huh, knees that were not bowed in prayer to you this week, O oh Lord. Last week, O oh Lord. This week. Huh, every day of this week, O oh Lord. They will be crying out to you, O oh Lord, for the revelation that you are a loving Father. Huh, has been revealed to our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Receive that now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, 
receive it now and for those who are struggling huh, know that god wants to help you through those struggles hey for those who are doing things god wants to strengthen you huh, day by day he wants to lift you up huh, and help you to drop those habits hey it's an ability that comes from him huh, or receive that grace now trust him hey the bible said that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but you chase the things of the spirit hey no huh. you might not have the victory but commit yourself this morning huh. to a loving father huh. commit yourself to laying him asking him and petitioning him for grace to overcome huh. he will instruct you he will empower you huh. and the holy spirit hey you're not by yourself but believe it this morning by faith. Oh, give your people faith this morning, oh God. Hey! In, in previous seasons, oh Lord. Hey! Where there was no faith, let it not be in this season, oh Lord. Give them faith. Oh! Faith to believe. Faith to trust. Oh! Faith towards God. Hey! Receive it in the name of Jesus. And flow oh! into that relationship with your Father. The one that created you. Hey! The one that knows you. Let him heal you. Let him save you. Hey! Let him pour his knowledge and his wisdom. Hey! Don't resist anymore. Know that the truth has been revealed. Hey! Don't stay away from his presence. Huh? Because of the lies of the wicked one. Receive that blessing this morning. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We are grateful. Father, we are grateful this morning. We honor your presence here, oh Lord. Hey! Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ha! Hallelujah.